Section 2 of Nuggets of the New Thought. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Read by Jennifer Fournier, Marshall, Virginia, USA. The Secret of the I Am The ego, the physical plane, the mental plane, the new plane of consciousness, the real self, the I, the temple of the living spirit, Development of the I Am Consciousness, the Higher Reason Lord of a thousand worlds am I, and I reign since time began, and night and day in cyclic sway shall pass while their deeds I scan. Yet time shall cease, ere I find release, for I am the soul of man. Charles H. Orr Many of us are accustomed to thinking of ourselves on the physical plane alone. When we think of the ego, the I of ourselves, we picture it as a human body with organs ranging from the finest, the brain, down to those of coarser atomic structure. To one living on this plane of consciousness, the body is the real self, and the mind but an appendage to the body. Such a man speaks of my mind, or my soul, as he speaks of my hat, my coat, my shoes, as things belonging to him, which he uses, but which are not him. To him, the body is the real man, the mind something useful to the body, the spirit a nebulous, hypothetical something of which he has but a hazy idea and no consciousness. He lives on the physical plane alone. Others picture their I as intellect or mind, having control of the body and its organs, and having its abode in the brain or brains of the human being. To these people, the intellect is the real self. In fact, to many of this class, the intellect is elevated to the position of God, and they bow down to and worship it. They realize the subjection of the body to the mind, and are aware of the wonderful power of the latter over the particular body under its control, the bodies of others, the minds of others. To them, the intellect is the highest self, identical with the spirit. They are conscious of the wonderful workings of the mind, but are conscious of nothing higher. To some of them, death seems to end all, their idea of mind being that it is a product of the brain. Others feel that somehow, somewhere, their intellect will maintain its existence. But it is merely a belief or hope, based upon the words of others who have claimed authority to speak. They have no consciousness of pre-existence or future existence, no perception of that real self which knows itself to be eternal. A third class have so far progressed along the path of life that they have crossed the borders of a new plane of consciousness. They are in a strange land. They see no familiar landmarks. They do not recognize the country that lies before them. Their friends, whom they have left just a few feet behind across the border, do not seem to realize the difference the short distance has made to those who have traveled it, and therefore doubt the prospect seen from the new point of view. Those who have crossed the border find that they have acquired a consciousness of a real existence. The I consciousness, has passed beyond the intellectual plane and is able to look back to that plane and the one still further back 
the physical plane. I recognizes the value of both mind and body, but regards them both as but instruments, tools, or servants with which to work. I feels that it has existed from the beginning, if beginning there was, and will exist until the end, if end there be. I feels a keen pleasure in mere existence, in the now. I knows itself to be a part of the whole thing, knows that the universe is its home. I knows itself to be a tiny drop of spirit from the great spirit ocean, a ray from the supreme sun, a particle of the divine being encased in a material body using that body and a force called mind with which to manifest itself. I does not at present understand all things, far from it. It has not as yet been able to bring its tools to that degree of perfection. It merely knows that it is, and has always been, and always will be. I allows intellect to indulge in speculations, but contents itself with the knowledge that it is. It frets not itself with the problems of the past or future, but lives in the now, and knows itself to be a part of the whole. I knows that it cannot be destroyed or injured, that it exists in accordance with law, and that law is good, and asks no further light at this time, knowing that in its progress through matter, discarding sheath after sheath, more knowing will surely come. It says trustfully and confidently to the Absolute, Thy will be done. Knowing itself to be immortal, I has no fear of the death of the body, one body is as good as another to it. It is willing to lay aside the body as it does a coat, when it has outworn or outgrown it. Knowing itself to be impregnable to harm, I has no fear thought, it fears nothing. Knowing that the law is working for development, always for ultimate good, I is not disturbed by the cares, troubles, and sorrows of life. It knows them for what they are. The body may be in pain, the mind may be burdened with sorrow, but I, knowing, smiles. I knows itself to be one with the I of all living creatures, and knowing this cannot manifest hate, fear, envy, jealousy. It cannot despise or condemn. These and other feelings of the old life drop from the person like a discarded mantle when I mounts its throne. I recognizes that others may not have progressed so far on the path as itself, but knows them to be but fellow travelers on the same road, who are doing the best they know how, considering their stage of the journey. I recognizes ignorance, not evil. I has but one feeling toward mankind and the whole living world. Love. I, love and comradeship for even the last man, for it knows that that last man cannot be left out of the great scheme of life. I knows that it has traveled a long road leading to its present position, and that all life is traveling the same. I looks back and sees others covered with the mire and dust of the road far back on the path. But, knowing that it has traveled the same stage of the journey, been covered with the same mire and mud, it cannot condemn. 
I knows that it is but on the threshold of the new consciousness, the borderland of the cosmic knowing, and that far beyond lies regions of marvelous beauty, which will in turn be traveled, and then on and on, increasing in strength and knowing power each day. I sees endless phases of existence opening up in the vision. It cannot at this time understand, but it knows of the existence of the law and is content. I has the courage of intelligent faith and presses forward cheerfully to the divine adventure. All this and more. To the man or woman who understands, the task of self-development becomes a labor of love, and exalted task rather than the mere selfish striving after power. As the sculptor saw in the block of marble the form of the angel and was impelled to cut away the surrounding material in order to liberate the angelic form, so may we, seeing the godlike form within us, strive to liberate it. That inner form is the real self, the I. If you have never realized this truth, Relax body and mind and indulge in a little introspection. Turn your gaze inward. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. You will be conscious of a faint recognition of the something within, striving to make itself manifest to your understanding, asking for the proper tools with which to work. Listen. Listen in the silence. Day by day, the voice will grow plainer. Day by day, the light will grow brighter. Your own is coming to you at last. Oh, joy unspeakable. Oh, tears, oh, laughter. After long ages, you are coming in sight of the promised land. Know yourself, oh man. Know that you have within you the divine spark to which both body and mind are but servants. Know that your body is the temple of the living spirit and respect it as such. Know that your intellect is but the instrument of the manifestation of the spirit, the I. Do not crawl on your belly like a worm. Do not humble yourself in the dust and call upon heaven to witness what a despicable creature you are. Do not call yourself a miserable sinner, worthy only of eternal damnation. No, a thousand times, no. Rise to your feet, raise your head, face the skies, throw back your shoulders, fill your lungs with nature's ozone. Then say to yourself, I am. Man has acquired a wonderful power when he can understandingly say, I am a part of the eternal life principle. I am created in the divine image. I am filled with the divine breath of life. Nothing can hurt me, for I am eternal. The first requisite for the acquirement of an understanding of the law is the recognition of the existence and the power of the real self, the I. The more complete the recognition, the greater the power. Special directions for the acquirement of this faculty of recognition cannot be given. It must be grown into and felt, rather than reasoned out by the intellect. You will not be long in doubt as to whether or not you are on the right track. 
If you are right, you will begin to realize it at once. You will have glimpses of it, and then it may slip away from you for a while, but fear not. You cannot escape it in the end. You will feel that your body is but as a garment, which, whilst covering you temporarily, is not you. You will feel that you are separate and apart from your body, although for a time living in it. You will feel that you could as well live in some other body and still retain your sense of individuality. You will realize that even your mind is not you, but is merely the instrument through which you manifest yourself, and which being imperfect prevents the complete expression of the spirit. In short, when you say or think, I am, you are conscious of the existence of your real self and feel the growth of a new sense of power within you. This recognition of the self may be faint, but encourage it, and it will grow, and whilst growing will manifest itself to your mind by impressing upon the latter the knowledge of the proper plan for further development. It is another example of, to him that hath shall be given. This mere calling of their attention to the fact will awaken the first glimmer of recognition in some. Others will find it necessary to reflect upon the idea and awaken to a recognition of the truth more slowly. Some will not feel the truth. To such I say, the time is not yet ripe for your recognition of this great truth, but the seed is planted and the plant will appear in time. This may seem like the veriest nonsense to you now, but the time will come when you will admit its literal correctness. You will find that a desire has been created that will cause a mental unrest until more light is received. As Walt Whitman says, My words will itch in your ears till you understand them. As Emerson says, You cannot escape from your good. To those who feel the first indications of the awakening of the Spirit, I say, Carry the thought with you, and it will unfold like the lotus, naturally and gradually. The truth once recognized cannot be lost, and there is no standing still in nature. What has been said is but a faint hint of a mighty truth, which nestles in the bosom of the esoteric teachings of all religions, in the philosophies of the Orient and of ancient Greece. You will find it in the songs of the poets, in the writings of the mystics. The advanced science of this age touches it without recognizing it fully. It is not a thing that can well be conveyed by words. It is not easily comprehended by purely intellectual processes. It must be felt and lived out by those who are ready for it, those for whom the time has come. It has been known to the few throughout all ages and in all times. All races have known it. It has been handed down from teacher to pupil from the earliest days. It is that truth which Edward Carpenter refers to when he says, Oh, let not the flame die out. Cherished age after age in its dark caverns, in its holy temples cherished, fed by pure ministers of love, let not the flame die out. It is difficult to convey even a hint of this truth to any but those who are prepared to receive it. 
To others it will seem to be errant folly. As Emerson says, Every man's words, who speaks from that life, must sound vain to those who do not dwell in the same thought on their own part. I dare not speak for it. My words do not carry its august sense. They fall short and cold. Only itself can inspire whom it will. Yet I desire, even by profane words, if sacred I may not use, to indicate the heaven of this deity, and to report what hints I have collected of the transcendent simplicity and energy of the highest law. If you prefer to try to solve the problem of life, the riddle of the universe, by scientific investigation, by exact reasoning, formal thought, mathematical demonstration, by all means, follow this method. You will be taught the lesson of the power and the limitations of the human intellect. And after you have traveled round and round the circle of thought and find that you are but covering the same ground over and over again, after you have run into the intellectual cul-de-sac, the blind alley of logic, after you have beaten your wings against the cage of the unknowable and fall exhausted and bruised, after you have done all these things and have learned your lesson, then listen to the voice within. See the tiny flame which burns steadily and cannot be extinguished. Feel the pressure of the something within and let it unfold. You will then begin to understand that as the mind of man developed by slow stages from mere sensation to simple consciousness, from simple consciousness to self-consciousness in its lower and higher degrees, so is there a consciousness higher than we have heretofore imagined in store for man, which is even now beginning to manifest itself. You may then understand that there may be an intelligent faith which knows, not simply believes. These and other lessons you will learn in time, and when you have reached the stage where you feel the promptings of the higher reason and live in accordance therewith, you will say with Carpenter, Lo, the healing power descending from within, calming the enfevered mind, spreading peace among the grieving nerves, lo, the eternal Savior, the sought-after of all the world, dwelling hidden, to be disclosed within each. O oh, joy insuperable! End of section 2